Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Churros y Tacticas podcast is brought to you by the great Manscaped which is the leader in men's below the waist grooming, proud sponsors of the Churros y Tacticas podcast. If you want to get 20% off and free shipping on your Manscaped products, please go to manscaped.com and use code churros, that's C-H-U-R-R-O-S, churros at manscaped.com. You get 20% off and free shipping. Diego Lorin is an avid user of Manscaped products. Diego, give us your Manscaped testimonial. I am particularly, I mean, besides the fact that their um, machinery, their equipment is state-of-the-art technology and uh, gets the business done, takes care of business uh, without any sort of nags, without any sort of hassle, without any sort of pain uh, or issues of that nature that you might find yourself um, uh, dealing with when not using products such as Manscaped. So besides all that, what might be my preferred my, my my let's call it my the big surprise that i took away from uh, using manscape products was their deodorant kian quite frankly the deodorant helps to uh keep everything fresh and clean and just you know spink span and shiny down there and uh spick and span rather and uh i've just been very happy with uh you know using the multiple products that uh, the good people from manscaped have sent us over and uh couldn't be any happier i mean like i said the surprises keep coming as i keep using the different uh products and uh, i have to say today on today's episode i want to give a shout out to the deodorant because uh yes it's guys you know we need to use a little bit of deodorant every now and then down there. You know what I mean? It just it, it it's not just good for you, satisfying for you, but also your partners, they'll appreciate it. They're looking after the crown chewers, okay? Do it. I do the shower and then deodorant and then the toner on top. It's a it's Word. a really refreshing combination. So listeners, Oh you gumbo. You can get access to all of that stuff for twenty percent off and free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use code churros. Enjoy the products. You won't be disappointed. And without further ado, here is today's Churros y Tacticas. Let's go. 
¿Qué pasa, campeones? And welcome to the Churros y Tácticas Podcast. It is Monday, the 3rd of January. Once again, a happy new year to all of you listeners out there. I believe the last time we recorded, it was for Patreons only. To, so, happy new year to everybody, all of you Churros fans listening. Welcome as well to all of the live people joining us through Twitter spaces and we are here to break down this weekend's action which saw Barca pick up a vital three points in their quest in their objective to finish off the season at least in the top four and it was a good season it was a good way to start off 2022 because who would have expect who would have expected Real Madrid to drop three points no less over um, in the Colosseum over against Getafe while Atletico did us a little favor and allowed us to leapfrog our way over Rayo Vallecano, while Betis dropped three vital points in a great game against Celta as well. Diego Aspas looking like Diego Maradona out there. And tonight we will have to wait and see, of course, what Cadiz will be able to do, the damage that they will be able to inflict, hopefully against Sevilla, to uh, make this really a perfect start for Football Club Barcelona, who today got to announce officially Ferran Torres as a Barca player. What a day it was. We had the Open Doors training session as well over in Camp Barca, so we got a lot to get through, and uh, I'm excited to get Kian, of course, on this as well, as I see the, the, the Twitter spaces is blowing up. It's great to see everybody out here listening. I hope you guys can can listen this well we're sort of doing this impromptu and on the fly but uh hey we're trying to reach as many people as possible and uh, we appreciate all your patience and of course all your loyalty to this podcast as well so welcome everybody and uh let's get this uh first free patreon edition of churros y tacticas going i can't believe this is how 2022 started i'm, <laughs> I'm florida this is not supposed to happen this is not the script but then i started to reflect and i started to look back and ewan mcteer confirmed this he wrote a piece from Managing Madrid last night. This is a thing with New Year. Like, you know how like we stumble after international breaks, you know, players from South America come back tired. Our own players are gassed. They're, they're putting their life on the pitch with their national teams. They come back a little kind of lethargic or, or after like a Champions League hangover, like let's say Real Madrid has a huge win in the Champions League or if it's a big win in the Clasico, the game after is like statistically just a bad performance. Apparently, the new year is like that too for Real Madrid. So, as Ewan wrote last night, uh, in the last eight games after the new year, Real Madrid have only won three of them. And yeah. you kind of look back and like, I, I, I said it on the podcast last night, this is like a combination of things that I felt was wrong. One was Getafe just going into their low block. Mm. Um Basically, as expected. As expected. I mean, no real surprises there. And I'm not one of those guys who will start um, waving the torch and my uh, my my pitchfork and saying, you guys are ruining football. Like, a lot of people <laughs> did that after the Cadiz game and they did it again after the Fatafi game. And look, I mean, <laughs> it, it just, you know, they do what they got to do to win. It, it is what it is. But so a combination of Fatafi doing that, uh, us just being really bad, sorely lacking Vinicius's dribbling and line breaking ability right that decision in the final third and everyone just looking really bad and lethargic I would say maybe Mordor stood out I think you know Marcelo made a little bit of an impact off the bench in the second half um Militao got exposed Militao had a, a rare mistake which I'm, I'm forgiving because Militao's been awesome for like 90% of the season it's all good it's had a good season mistakes. it's all good 
Mm. but it's just, it was just a combination of that and Ancelotti himself said obviously it's a vacation it was a vacation we were still on vacation he said I was on vacation myself and and th- this is how we started with the new year we I was going into this weekend pretty optimistic I had a pretty good relaxing holiday spent a lot of time with the kids I actually got a lot of work done as well got a lot of exercise in and I was feeling good about this I was like bar start going to Mallorca with a bunch of COVID cases as are Mallorca to be fair and Atletico, uh, a clash against Rayo Vallecano, who've been awesome this season. I was feeling, I was feeling myself. I was ready to go yeah. in rolling the R's today, and it just <laughs> it, it didn't happen. It was a bad start. So, congrats on a great weekend, man. Well, listen, I don't know what our our criteria for uh, who gets to do the intro seems to change sort of by uh, uh, the results over the weekend, because I think initially our idea was whoever is leading in the league standings uh, gets to do the intro. But obviously with the 15 point gap that there is currently, you've got to throw a dog a bone sometimes and allow me to do a little intro. Right. So uh, I think we, we kind of changed that. We had to adapt that. Yeah. We yeah, had a yeah. formula we stuck to last year, like <laughs> where it was like, OK, if if Real Madrid wins, and Barcelona drop points. It may not matter. It depends on who's like higher in the standings. But if the results are like significant enough, then you know that can kind of sway. I think we need to come up with a rule book. I think that would be fair. Maybe we can no. We're like the Ballon d'Or. Our criteria changes according to each season. <laughs> we never know what the criteria is. No, no. Well, so. You, you. Uh, uh, let me first, uh, if you don't mind, of course, uh, discuss this uh, um, Getafe Real Madrid because me as well, I was very surprised, and perhaps I shouldn't have been because of um, Carlo Angelotti also. To, to reiterate his words, everybody coming back from holiday. Um, it's one of those odd games as well. The timing was weird, of course. It was in the afternoon, not usual prime time uh, when Real Madrid is used to playing. Those games in and of itself always tend to be kind of tricky. Getafe, historically tricky team, especially when they play at home. But I was surprised uh, to see, I guess, the lack of you know, call it urgency, call it killer instinct, call it efficiency in front of goal, call it the lack of creativity as well, uh, coming from Rodrigo, who I was quite keen to see in this game, um, to see him sort of, I guess, try to put his stamp uh, uh, upon his team, kind of take this as an opportunity to shine in the absence of Inethius. And, you know, I was left thinking maybe Real Madrid, like maybe the seed, maybe they have this title more in the bag than I thought. Um, and they're just so comfortable that they're saying, you know what, you know, what is another, what are, what are some three points in the opening game of 2022 when we are, you know, looking in the rearview mirror so far behind um, our, our strong competitors, our, our usual competitors, let's say, uh, that they could really just kind of take their foot off of the accelerator because this was just all and out, all, uh, all out. A, a boring game and even though yes Getafe was playing in that low block there was such little offensive creativity and firing power uh, firepower firing power firepower firepower I'm going to stick with firepower uh coming from the the Madrid forwards that um yeah it, it, it was I, I guess I, I I was expecting Madrid to come out more determined to pick up what would have on paper seemed to have been you know, a relative easy three points uh, for a team in, in, in such good form as uh, Real Madrid. But that that's also the kind of attitude and complacency that has cost us so many league titles in the past. It's been it's been games like this where it's like you come right. out, you're not entirely mentally sharp. You're still as again to reiterate, I, and because I, I think it's really part of the part of the problem last night. 
as Ancelotti said, they were still on vacation. You could kind of see it. With Rodrigo's disappointment, I think it's more of like we just didn't get enough production on our, from our wings, period. And really, yeah. pr- production from anyone, period. But I think the, the lack of wing production particularly hurt us because that's been such a source of offense for us this season. And, I mean, not having Vinicius hurts, obviously. It's, I mean, he's been one of the best players in the world, just period, this season, and, and not having him hurts. But you should, you should, I, I, I'm with you. I would have expected a little bit more. Marco Asensio was a complete ghost in this game. He did absolutely nothing. Any source of production from the right came from Lucas Vasquez and Modric doing some things. But, um, and Rodrigo was a little bit better in the way I worded it last night on the podcast was that he at least had intent where Asensio didn't. Like he actually tried to link up with Benzema a little bit. Hazard did some okay things when he came on the second half. But again, you just don't have the line breaker who can actually go at players and, and give you a lot of confidence in attack. And, and that's what we, we missed not having Vinicius. So yeah, mm. it was just just lack of wing production was a yeah. massive, massive disadvantage. And I said this too. Um, we got a second straight, very short, but very good cameo from Peter, which I really enjoyed. I wanted to highlight Peter. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really like this kid. I think I think sure. there's a case for him. Again, he's not going to have many more opportunities this season because Vinicius, thankfully, just tested negative for COVID this morning. He's probably not going to play against Alcoyano. Probably won't even travel with them, but travel with the team to, to go play them. But he's going to be back in training soon. He'll be back for the next game. Uh-huh. And plus, Rodrigo and Asensio are already back. So... Peter's not going to get many more opportunities, but if we're in a situation where we find ourselves sin on the wings again, I really think Peter should be trusted a little bit earlier in a game like this because he's actually taking players on and he's fearless. So I really enjoyed the Peter cameo. Man, when he came on, I, I it was for a spell of what, uh, just over five minutes. I mean, it was five minutes from the end, I believe it was. It was deep into the 80th minute, but he did come on uh, with the intent of making his presence felt. He had, um, just looking at his stats here, 15 touches, passing accuracy was uh, 87.5%. Uh, eight total passes, fouls one as well. Um, you know, it's, it's that kind of firepower. It's that kind of like uh, exp- explosive, let's say, um, drive and ambition as well that you see from the young players that are now coming up uh, through the Barca ranks as, as well and that are having minutes with the first team that are just hungry, hungry to uh, demonstrate that they have what it takes to uh, compete with the best and beyond and, and, and belong uh, on uh, on the first team, you know, belong to compete with the, the elite players. Um, Peter is a very, very Peter Peter, uh, depending on which accent you want to call his name with, uh, I think is a very uh, exciting player for, for all Madridistas and certainly one that I know you had your eye on uh, for quite some time. So um, there, there's something there. Sorry, and, and I want to refer back because I kind of was setting you up and I was surprised that you didn't grab the bait uh, when I was talking about the, the lack of firepower coming from the forwards. Uh, since you didn't grab the bait, I do want to mention that I think David Soria had one of those games where you just kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, well, what else do we have to do to score a goal against a team like Getafe? Because Soria, I think, was uh, with the permission of um, uh, Enes Unal, of course, who, who scored the goal, the best player for me for Getafe. It's not that I didn't take the bait. It's, I mean, what you're saying is correct, but like this wasn't to me as good as Soria, uh, Soria was. He wasn't... He, we weren't testing him that much. We didn't test him enough. Like he had some good saves, man. He had really some good, good saves. Save. The one that, like, really, especially <laughs> upon replay, 
was amazing to me was the Modric strike Modric. outside the box. Yeah, that was the cool. one angle where you see it from the point of view of Modric basically shooting. That ball is mm. going like I, the first replay was from a different angle. I thought like, okay, maybe that was going out wide anyway. But sorry, I got a touch. But the second replay, that that ball was going in like into the side netting inside the far inside the post. The replay was incredible. It was an amazing save to me. One of the saves of the season, actually. I, I really think that that's wow. that was a standout. No, it really was. Like I I, don't, I actually thought it was an underrated save. I didn't see that many people talking about it. I, oh no, I was big upon uh, upon seeing it. But but save of the season. I mean, save that for. The game that we're going to talk about. I mean, next, I'm just least. saying, like, if you if La Liga is putting together like a highlight package of like top yes. like 100 saves of the season, I think you you sneak that in there. For top sure, 50, top 50 saves. I I'll give it top 50 saves of the season. I think it's in there. Um, it was big, but this wasn't like a Jose Juan like Alcoyana goalkeeper performance or like or like the Sheriff game where we just bombarded their goal and besiege them and somehow didn't score. This was much different to me. This was like a team that was out of ideas and lethargic and just making bad decisions and, and the passing was terrible. And Benzema had a, had a really uncharacteristically poor game as well. It wasn't like one of those games where you look back and the XG is like three and you just got really unlucky and no. the goalkeeper had a, had, a ba- had an amazing game. It was different. It was, it was a bad performance. And I think it's something you really have to learn from, uh, but also, Above all, you know, tactics aside, because, you know, we discussed last night too, even if you get everything bang on, it's not easy to break a low block. But I don't, that that aside, I just think the team was just mentally not in it and just making really bad, lazy decisions. And it's not, I don't even think Kataki were that good. I think they were good defensively, but it's not like they, they completely took the space away from us. We had space to work with and we had open runners and cutters to hit. We had movement in the half half spaces. We had people between the lines and we just weren't hitting those those targets properly. We weren't we weren't executing well enough. So I, I think it was a bad performance. But hey, credit to Katafe, they've been better under Kike. I mean I don't think they've been unbelievable, but the bar was pretty low with them under Bordelas earlier this season. So it's it they looked a little bit better. Credit to them. So meanwhile, you've got um, Alcoyano next in the the Copa del Rey, which is, of course, starting this week. By the way, this month of January is absolutely insanity for teams like Real Madrid or Barca because we have, of course, also the Super Cup that we're going to be playing uh, over in uh, Saudi in what, basically a week, a week from now. Um, is it or back 10 days. to Saudi? Okay, because remember they had... They had a oh, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, 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 no, sorry, sorry, sorry. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's but, in Sevilla. So actually, this is a moment where we can just say, Churros! because I don't, because like, it, it was I think it is Saudi. to Sevilla at some point, and I think they switched it back to Saudi. I think they did switch it back. I think it is because I was uh, speaking with a colleague um, earlier today. He was talking about uh, another colleague of ours going to Saudi Arabia. So no, they must have switched that back unless they were uh, misinformed. But um, Well, thank God I did not book any tickets to Sevilla because I almost did. Oh, Jesus. I would have had a great vacation, had some nice oranges, <laughs> <laughs> had, a, had a couple of churros, but yeah. Go visit Lopetegui. 
Yeah. yeah. But then, uh, so you've got Alcoyano, then it's Valencia before the Clásico na Valencia, of course. Uh, they just uh, lost at home against uh, the mighty Espanol. Uh, great result for Espanol, who are neck and neck with Valencia, but uh, big points dropped there uh, for uh, the Valencian side. Are you, uh, you always like to complain about Valencia, how they always snatch away points from Real Madrid, don't perform against Barca, but bring their A game against uh, uh, you guys. Uh, are, are, are you, is this one marked red on your calendar? Can you please inform all the listeners too, in case there's new listeners? Um, de- do that thing where you debunk the myth. Because every uh, whenever, anytime we play Valencia, football Twitter does this thing. Real Madrid football Twitter does this thing where they they say, oh, we're playing against Valencia this weekend. And they, they post a picture of the 1970 Brazil team. <laughs> but so Real Madrid fans have it in their in their mind that we always lose to Valencia. But you you actually have debunked this myth, right? You've act, like if you actually look at the head to head, if you look at the, the case, it's kind of in our heads. I don't know why. It really is in your heads. And 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 while you're saying this, I'm going to try to put up uh, pull up as many results and statistics that are going to prove this fact. Because yes, indeed, um, whenever Real Madrid face Valencia, uh, I'm not going to say they're not hard fought, Matt hard-fought matches, excuse me. But uh, let's go over the uh, most recent results. We have, uh, well, the last results was a 2-1 win for Real Madrid. Before that, it was a 2-0 win for Real Madrid. Valencia managed to beat you in match day nine of last season. Uh, it was a, a quite a vicious uh, thumping, that one as well, 4-1. to one. However, Real Madrid managed to beat Valencia 3-0, to nil, so we're now 3-1 to one when it comes to wins over um, uh, Valencia for Real Madrid. Then a one-all draw, then a 2-1 win from Valencia. So let's call it 3-2, Real Madrid beating Valencia uh, 2-0, Real Madrid beating Valencia 4-1. So, I mean, you know, I, I can go down the list, but but I've gone back four seasons now where, what was the score? What did I end up with? I mean, six, was it 6-2 or 6-3 for, for wins? Uh, the win-loss ratio when, for Real Madrid against Valencia. You guys have got a good record, a track record against them, is what I'm trying to say. Well, it, it's it's one of those things that against Valencia... But it's Valencia. Go, yeah, that's... I, it, there does feel like there there are always two extremes with Valencia is what it feels like to me. From what, Again, and these are just... We're thinking about standout memories because there always seems to be memorable moments against them when we play against them. And it... You know, last season we had the Soler hat-trick of penalties, for example, which, you know, was a little bit, if you know, a lot of us felt hard done by. And then there's been, you know, very, very vivid, like, massive victories over them. Like, there was a 6-2 in the Kaka era, for example. There's been, and then there's been Valencia big wins. There's been Real Madrid big wins. It's always memorable. It's kind of like, it's usually pretty tension-filled as well. So I, I'm expecting something, some fireworks, and and uh, it could go either way. But... Yeah, how am I feeling? Generally, you know my stance on Valencia. I when they were, you know, in some good run of form, I I kind of told everyone to just calm down a little bit. I didn't think it was real. I think I've I think they've been okay, but I, they've definitely dropped off. I'm not huge on them, uh, but they also have individual talent and the ability to beat anyone, and they kind of have a low floor and high ceiling kind of vibe to them. So, yeah. I mean, how am I feeling about it? I'm I'm feeling a little less nervous now that Vinicius is coming back, and uh, and we got our wingers back. I, I think we'll be okay, but I don't know. 
is is this setting up potentially for we talked about last podcast how maybe uh 2022 the start of 2022 could maybe turn things around for football club barcelona and um whether we could make a run for uh the uh top four whether that was actually in the books or not do you think that maybe uh this could set up a, a, what we could call potentially a perfect storm for barca where uh dropping points against valencia and then having to face us in the classical if that good would go to shits for real madrid could that be a turning point potentially or are you still saying look uh, take it easy buddy look at the cushion uh, of points we have over you guys in the league you know just just calma calma who As are you Cristiano guys playing this said. weekend first of all i need to know that uh, we are, I'll tell you, uh, I should know this top of my head, uh, shouldn't I? But, uh, you I'll tell you, against Granada away. Granada, sir, yes. Uh, and then you got Linares Deportivo and the Copa del Rey on Wednesday. Correcto. We play Alcoyano. Um, first of all, apologies to the Twitter spaces people who, I didn't realize my microphone on the Twitter spaces was mute for, I don't know how long. Oh. I don't know for how long, to be honest. It, hopefully it was only like the last, the last bit. Um, but... I like and I I don't I don't know Diego. The thing is with with Barca, I don't know how you feel. I'll tell you how I feel. I actually feel that this Barca team is in a better place right now than it was under Kuman. Is do we agree there? Yes. Okay. I I feel like there's a little bit more. I feel like Xavi will give a good pep talk before that game. I'm not saying Barcelona will will win that Clasico. I'm just saying that I expect a pretty uh, an improved version of Barca is what I'll say. One that plays with a little bit more hunger. I actually think PK has been pretty good of late. Yeah, he was good. I don't know if it's a motivational thing with him. If it's like you know maybe he just loves football again and he just was not having fun under Kuman. I would feel even less confident if you were able to sign Ferran Torres, but that is a whole different discussion that we should get into at some point. But what's Ansu's timeline right now? Is he going to be back for the Super Cup? Do we know that yet? Uh, I would say so. I would say so. He'll be back both, uh, or I say uh, Pedri, Memphis and Ansu will be back. Okay. I believe, I believe, not official, but that's, you know, we saw him training with the first team now and with, in norm with normality for uh, a few sessions now. Can we talk about this whole registration thing? Uh, delicately, sure. Uh, everyone knows that Diego can only say so much because he, he works <laughs> for Barcelona. But the thing is, like, I think it's hilarious because it, Alemani had some quotes <laughs> today, I think it was, where he was yes. like, you know, we have to, we have to offload some players. Uh, in order to register new ones, we can't just sign any more players. And he said that Ferran Torres was an exception we made because we really wanted to sign him and we'll sort it out later. To me, that I'll tell you what that sounded like to me. It sounded like, oh shit, we fucked up. <laughs> and let's pretend we knew about this the whole time. Let's just pretend that this was part of the plan. Of course, we can't register Ferran, but that's not going to stop us from signing him. Come on, we'll figure it out later. They had this presentation. Look, I, I, I think it would be shocking yet hilarious if they if they couldn't actually register him now after all of this. You know, and I'm I'm not I'm not too concerned about it 
quite honest, as a Real Madrid fan, because I actually, I think as we, you and I discuss at great lengths on the Friday podcast for our patrons over on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas, we both think Ferran is a great signing. He's versatile. He can play across the front three. He can play in the nine role. He gives you instant, instant offensive production, reliability. I think him and Ansu together is a huge upgrade with Ansu coming back. But the fact that you can't even play him right now is a huge W for 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 Real Madrid fans, and the whole situation is hilarious. But how ex- how how soon do you expect this to be sorted? Can you say anything? Uh, well, if it was Friday, I could uh, <laughs> talk at length and at liberty about this topic. So, um, <clears throat> if any of our patrons would like to ask a question on Friday regarding this topic, I would be happy to delve into it. Unfortunately, um, on days such as today, I kind of need to um, limit my reply to uh, something along the lines that uh, I have full trust in uh, this board uh, to work things out behind the scenes and, you know, get the things sorted and uh, that need to get sorted. Obviously, we all know that Barca are working on several players to um, leave during this transfer uh, window. That's what the winter transfer window is for. And I expect them to uh, take full advantage of uh, trying to offload several players in order to uh, get Ferran registered so that he'll be eligible to play in La Liga Santander. Uh, When this will happen, I cannot say, nor do I know, uh, nor will I pretend to know. But, uh, you know, there are whispers and rumors uh, flying around the halls of uh, Can Barça. And uh, I guess we will find out in time because the winter transfer market is open recently. I believe we have until, what is it, Kian, do you know, end of January? What is it, like the 24th or 25th? If I'm not mistaken, is uh, sort of the deadline uh, for that. <clears throat> but, um, you know, Ferran 31st, Torres, yeah. the 31st, okay, so the very end of this month. Um, you know, Ferran said today that uh, he's ready to play in two weeks from now. Um, he's, of course, still nursing an injury that has kept him sidelined since October. Uh, he's been out of action for a solid three months. Uh, but he's nearing the end of uh, this uh, injury and recovering well. Um, the kid looked in bang-up shape, looked uh, fit and healthy, even uh, dared to take some touches as he treaded the Camp Nou pitch for the very first time as a Barca player. And um, yeah, uh, part took in today's training session, uh, which was an open-doors training session in front of uh, fans, um, you know, families, uh, mothers and fathers with their kids came. In fact, my, my wife surprised me uh, with my kids as well. I saw she was literally sitting uh, just behind um, where the, the, the whole uh, event was taking place, where I was uh, uh, inter- uh, um, broadcasting from, let's say. So I didn't know. It was a surprise. It was great, great uh, to see them uh, because it's, it's, it's a family affair. It's a very festive uh, event and, and ceremony. Of course, it was a, a double header, seeing as it wasn't just the annual Open Doors uh, training session that took place, but on top of that, the presentation of Ferran Torres. And again, uh, when asked uh, the question, he said, look, I'm, I'm ready to go and give me two weeks and uh, I'm ready to hit, uh, you know, the field running. So uh, we know that uh, the board will at least have that margin to get things sorted. And uh, there's the, the uh, Dani Alves, of course, as well, that needs to be registered in order to play. 
Um, so it's a, a, a two winter signings, we can call it, that need to be sorted at the moment. Um, and that's, of course, with the lingering rumors as well that uh, continue to heat up, uh, at least reportedly in the press, of uh, another number nine perhaps uh, making his way over to Cambarsa. So there's still a lot of work to be done. And uh, I have faith in, uh, in that sense uh, in this board uh, to, to, you know, uh, get the paperwork uh, sorted uh, as soon as possible. Well, that's 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 a lot of information for what after you preface it by saying I can't say much and we'll save it for the Friday podcast. So I can't wait for the Friday monologue <laughs> on this the the epic deconstruction of this whole thing. I you know people keep saying and they've been saying this for months and months and it feels like years and years. You know once we once we sell Coutinho and Umtiti, you know books will be cleared. If you were to sell, were able to sell them, they would have been sold a long time ago. Like none of this, none of these, none of these players magically just find a home just because you keep saying it every week. It's it's you know who's going to take them on? Everyone's waiting for Newcastle to be the savior, right? Like everyone's like, oh the you know <laughs> Newcastle that. will save us all. They will just pay all the money and take all of our players and all of our dead weight. And I, just because they have money doesn't mean they'll be stupid and blow it on everything. So let's not bank on that uh but you know it's it, it's just i'm just saying it's amusing to me like i i think it's incredible and this wasn't the case growing up as a real Madrid fan and really it feels like i would say around the time that zidane arrived maybe even carlo the first time in the past five or so years it hasn't been there hasn't been much drama behind the scenes at real Madrid. obviously there has been to an extent but i'm just like relatively speaking to what i grew up with from the Galactico era and on, and even before that. It's just crazy that I we had a really, really quiet holiday. In those of us who covered Real Madrid for a living, we could wake up and like have a coffee, have a nice quiet morning with our kids, do some writing, watch a movie, read some news. They were like, okay, well let's check to see who has COVID today. <laughs> but like, and then you just you flip the page. Let's, let's check what's going on at Barca. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. there's so much drama at Barca every day, and I think it, like it has lessened obviously with Bartomeu gone. But like, oh, I can't imagine like what it would have been like if he was here. Like there was, um, no, it's yeah. I mean, the fact that it it seems like Laporta is wise enough not to get into any battles with Dembele's agent right now, and and they're like, you know what, you know our stance, take it or leave it, and stop. Stop trying to haggle with us. I feel like Bartomeu by now would have been like, all right, what do you want here? Take my money. Highest <laughs> paid player in the world. You got it, man. You and Elijah both sit on the throne. <laughs> it reminds me of a Simpson episode where Homer is trying to heckle or deal. Uh, I forget what it was, but, you know, he says a number. He goes like, you know. Two bucks. And the other person goes, four bucks. And then Homer comes back, goes, eight bucks. And the guy's like, deal. And Homer's like, yeah. <laughs> we that's laugh all. about it, but I'm almost certain that's exactly how Ram, uh, how Barcelona signed Dembele. <laughs> where Barca was like, here's 30 euros. And Dortmund's like, um, try 200 euros. 200 million euros. And Barca's like, okay, deal. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, so, well, you know, I, the, the thing with, like, I don't think Laporta has been perfect so far. Obviously, the biggest gaffe has been the whole Messi thing. But I feel like you give this, like, three years, and there's normalcy. 
it, it'll take some time to actually see it, but I, you can already see that the competency has is it, there's more competency now. Well, I mean, look, uh, with regards to your point of uh, bad news not hitting the um, local newspapers and the media not making uh, much of anything that goes on in uh, Real Madrid, we again have discussed, I think, at length and in depth the reason or let's say the stronghold that Florentino Perez has over the Spanish media and that's a fact and anybody that wants to call me uh, uh, you know a conspiracy theorist uh, the proof is there all you need to do I mean the reports have come out the audios has been leaked the fact that those audio tapes in and of itself were not blown up more to the proportion that say a Barca gate has been uh, was blown up too it, it, it's uh, I think that in is, is, is proof in and of itself and 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 that sort of you know, is is a shut and done case as to why, you know, we don't hear more about the dirty laundry over in uh, Real Madrid. And, and that's because journalists also fear for their jobs. Florentino Perez is a very powerful man, more powerful than the vast majority here in Spain, in Spain certainly more powerful than uh, Bartomeu or Laporta. And his influence is, um, is powerful overpowering even to the point where you know people don't want to fall on the bad side or on the wrong side of Florentino Perez because it can ruin your livelihood um I I think there's a lot to unpack there I always I feel like you always like towards the end of when we're you talking, you brought up no, this you topic do, you do I just need thing, to rebu- give a rebuttal no, no, you do this thing where <laughs> like towards the end of the podcast you know I just don't have as much energy to respond <laughs> You open up like you just drop a nuclear bomb pass. and you you like, you know, I'm not going to even, I really don't feel like getting into it. And then you do this thing. Like you started, you started, you started a debate, which I like no interest in getting. Cause it's like, if you did this at the beginning of the podcast, we could at least entertain the idea, but okay, look, here's, I'll give you this. I think obviously Florentino has the people he, he uses as his mouthpieces, as his puppets in the media. I won't name it who, but you, I think everyone listening knows who they are. Um, that that's that's a hundred percent fact, but you know you get my overarching point, right? It's just like, I think it really depends on who's in charge. But like, if your president is Bartomeo, as opposed to Laporta, there's just more chance for fireworks in the media. Likewise, if your president is Ramon Calderon instead of Florentino Perez, there's more chance for fireworks in the media. If your coach is Jose Mourinho and not Zinedine Zidane, there's more chance for fireworks in the media. So that's just kind of how it goes. It really depends on who's in charge and who is the mouthpiece of the time, but. Um, uh, we can agree that Florentino Perez is a very powerful man here in Spain. Very powerful. Wouldn't have it any other way. Well, there you go. I mean, and and that I I understand that perspective because it's very nice to wake up in the mornings and have a coffee and uh, relax and <laughs> go about your business without having open the newspapers and 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 you know, read the dirty laundries of your team. But anyways, this this is a topic for another pod. If anybody listening uh, wants to bring this forward to a Friday discussion, I'd be if happy he wants, to... Uh, if he wants to hear the dirty laundry, he can open up managingmadrid.com. Really? You guys go, go into depth. Go read our player ratings from last night. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. Well, listen, you want to talk about Barca or Mallorca Barca, I should say? I almost Did you watch forgot that? about that game. Um well, so let me give me, you're, you're the guy who is more invested in a game like that. I, I kind of lost a little bit interest once Kubo wasn't in the team. 
but okay what uh not that i had zero interest but it was kind of in the background uh as i had some family over and we were we were uh, celebrating uh we were continuing to celebrate my my kid's birthday so um, oh happy birthday thank you you just turned two yesterday whose was it all right okay Marvel, okay yeah um, but tell me more. So I'll tell you what I did see. I didn't go deep into analysis with it. Like I usually do with the note pattern stuff. I saw Ter Stegen had a big save at the end. A really like a newer S save where he punches it like with one hand. Seemed like you guys that created was some good save chances of the season. despite having a, a depleted team. So tell me your thoughts on that. Well, that, that's the reason why I, may, I wanted to save uh, the save of the season award for uh, that one over Soria's uh, monster stop on Modric's shot. Because for me, that was, you know, that was, I mean, you talk about a save that is more than just three points. And it was the three points. I mean, that shot came in the 86th, 87th minute, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, don't quote me on that. It was deep in the 80th, that's for sure. Uh, and it was on a counterattack where I thought I was you know leading up to that shot i was thinking okay here we go here go the two points in a very hard fought match an ugly match a match that uh will not go down in memory as uh you know the the classics that say barca style tiki taka football that we want to uh see although this team did enjoy uh, what was, i think it was 80 percent possession or something like that so we are seeing seeing uh the um see let's say blossom and come to fruition when it comes to Chavi's uh, uh football philosophy and and how this team is starting to execute these ideas but um for mark andre Stegen, this save was everything and and i think given the season that he's had um have had excuse me given the season that he's had so far uh given the criticism as well that has been aimed towards him um I think some rightfully so, some very badly and misplaced criticism and unfair given just how crucial and important he has been. I think he's got leeway uh, when it comes to sort of um, uh, him having to prove himself on the biggest stage. Of course, he is a Barca goalkeeper and as goes for all big teams, the goalkeeper in any big team will get tested less than goalkeepers on smaller teams. And when they do get tested, you want them to be 100% perfect and flawless because any balls that they keep out of the net uh, count as much uh, or sometimes, if not more, uh, than the goals you might put in. Um, and Mark has had a, or is has been having a season that we are not used to him when it comes to that consistency and reliability in between the three sticks. I don't think that is a, um, a critic, an unfair criticism of him, uh, of him. And I think knowing as well as how demanding as he is with himself, he's a, an absolute professional. He would have constantly been demanding better and more from him. And to go back to my point, when he made that save, you could just see, you know, he's, he stuck out his chest. It just did, a world of good, I think, for his, um, his self-esteem is him, giving him that moral boost that, that hopefully is needed to now progress and continue this season on with a confident Mark andre Stegen that we have grown to or become used to watching over the seasons. Um, that will continue now again to make uh, these kind of, you know, three-point uh, saving type of saves uh, moving forward. He was... You know, with the permission of Luke de Jong, he was the most celebrated player as well. When the the referee blew the 90 minutes, all the players, literally all the players, ran to Mark Andres Stegen to hug him, to give him that support. Um, and uh, just in time for Clasico. 
just in time buddy just in time no but it was it was it was fantastic it was great seeing that and uh i i really uh i i grant him this i i i i uh was waiting for something like this because uh yeah it's not it's not been his best season uh of course that that that's an understatement and something like this can hopefully as well turn around uh his his progression in his season so far um i the images of pk you know, kind of cheering him on. And it felt like, you know, you, it's, not, it's not something you see at Barcelona often these days, you know, that kind of, that kind of celebration and that kind of, you could see kind of how much it meant to, to Ter Stegen, who's been under so much pressure right. and scrutiny. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, well, what, did you have anything else from that game that you wanted to say that, you know? Well, uh, Luke, <laughs> very happy for no, tell me about my Luke, fellow like, Dutchman. He had those, he had the, obviously the goal, he had the, Listen, he had a very good game. Yeah, but besides the hitting the post twice, besides scoring the winning goal, uh, he had a solid performance all around. Um, he, for some, was voted man of the match uh, because of his off-the-ball movements as well. He was showing that intensity that Xavi asked from his players uh, throughout the, the the time that he spent uh, on the pitch playing, uh, chasing down loose balls, chasing down defenders, trying to recuperate possession as quickly as possible. He was just very active and he looked as well determined, uh, I think, probably to show Gabi seeing all the rumors that are flying through the newspapers and linking him with other teams that, hey, you know, uh, I know that I'm on loan on Sevilla. I know that my loan uh, spell is only supposed to be one year, but I, I'm, I'm better uh, than what I've been able to show so far. And, you know, just give me that chance, coach. And I think that that maybe he is might have he might have changed this chip as well over the holidays and and just hit the ground running at the very first chance that he had to become a, a starter again uh in a team that had 17 missing players Kian. now i i know that that chavi was called out in the twitter and in the media for complaining uh with no good reason and 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 you know trying to hide between behind the excuses but having 17 players missing you know six for injury 11 for covid is uh a lot needless to say we had uh not just b team players that needed to join the ranks but also youth team players because also on the b team we just didn't have, en have enough to make up the numbers in order to uh, put a competitive team out there so um look the rules are what they are the protocols are what they are if we had to play this game uh we had to play this game uh, the same went for all teams or goes for all teams of course uh but I do want to place more importance, therefore, on this victory because, uh, and just commend the players for for a group of players that has have never played an entire game together, or let alone played amongst the same team together. You know, the the starting eleven was completely unrecognizable, and the way from start to finish, so the way the starting eleven started and the, how it finished. Um, you know, you just got to commend these guys and say, listen, this was a, a hard fought match. We needed the three points. We got the three points. Uh, we are now one point away from Atletico de Madrid, the league champions, and a little step closer to our final objective, which is finishing amongst the top four. So um shit man I, I i was just really chuffed with this win i i really it was a nail biter i thought it was all going to be gone in that final action um 
Mark and Andrei Stegen came to the rescue and, you know, we got the three points and we got something to build on now. And again, just, just to highlight the fact that this team was filled with players that never even played together. So uh, it, 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 it must have been weird, but uh, good for those guys. Look, it's a big win. I just wanted to, to also play the role of a Mallorca supporter here or a voice for them. To be fair, I think part of Mallorca's complaint was that, like, was the accusation, I don't know if accusation is the right word, or the, or the claim that they also wanted the game postponed when they, they, they claimed that they didn't ask for the game to be postponed like Chabi claimed. Um, and also, to be fair to them, they were missing 11 players of their own. Seven of them. Which Chabi mentioned huh, during the press conference, all of that you're saying. No, yeah. but just, just to say, like, this was also difficult for them too. You know, of course. It, yeah. They were missing seven of them through COVID, the rest through injury. And, you know, obviously it's not, you know, they're not missing like a Fati or a Pedro or a Busquets, etc., who was suspended. But to them, like, a, a Kubo was an incredibly important player. Like, a Jaume Costa is an incredibly important player. Of course. And they're missing those players, right? Yeah. Um, and they're a great team at home as well. And don't forget that the only team that managed to pick up three points there in Samoy so far is Osasuna. They've been, they've had, you know, of the nine games that they played at home, only one loss. And they even managed to be Atletico de Madrid on yeah. home soil. So Mallorca, give them their props. And like you said, of course, they had their, their massive list of missing players also. You mentioned Atletico. I think that's a good place to kind of sign off. Mm-hmm. The... Uh... I had I don't have too many thoughts on the game itself, their win over Rio, which again, which was big. We we kind of alluded to that at the beginning of the podcast. It was huge at the top of the table uh, event that took place. Um, the image of Trippier staying on the field after the game and applauding the fans. You know, when bye something bye. like that happens, you can kind of get a hint of what's going on. Bye bye. Yep. It's um, it's a kind of like if you're an Atletico fan, it's a really tough situation to be in because he's an important player who hasn't played much because of injury. Mm. You finally get him back, and the thought of losing him now during the winter window really sucks because they he changes the way they play completely. You know, because he allows Marcos Llorente to play higher up the pitch. Now Marcos Llorente is going to be pretty much the right back, and I again he's he's one of those players that is so good in so many different positions he kind of he'll make it work he's kind of a martyr in that sense because he'll just play good there but it's almost it's almost it's it's unfortunate because he's just better in a a right wing position where he can really take players on but anyways i think it's just a big loss for them now granted they're gonna get like reported 35 million for him yeah newcastle are reportedly gonna pay him I don't know what the, it was an absurd figure i don't even want to guess what it was now i can't remember but i don't want to make it up either but it was a lot of money that's all i can remember when i read it and atletico i understand trippier for wanting to accept that money and i understand atletico wanting to keep him but just unable to it's just kind of this weird situation and um i love how it's like we all have had made a short list of like all the players we wanted newcastle to sign Real Madrid fans like, okay, perfect. Bale, Hazard, Barcelona fans listed, Coutinho, Umtiti. And then like all these fans around Europe made their list. And it's like the first one they get is, is going to be trippier. Like what? Could you take one of our players? Why are you taking this player? Yeah. But I'd say it's a big loss for, for Atletico if, it, if that happens. Which again, like the, 
the applause at the end doesn't it's not guaranteed but i'm just saying like he they certainly knew like some something was happening something was brewing that they, he, he had to say goodbye yeah 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 i i that was a big moment for sure the big standouts uh from that match for me was the the, the carrasco that nasty carrasco run uh going baseline beating the defenders to then um eventually feed uh, well eventually it was correa of course who, who got the tap in um that was uh, a, a highlight but but for me as well if you if, if we're talking about tributes and, and, and standing ovations, seeing um, the um, Aleti fans giving uh, Falcao as well a much-deserved uh, and cariñoso, a very uh, caring uh, standing ovation as he was uh, substituted off. I thought that was uh, that was nice as well. That was good to see. Do you have anything that, that's pressing now that you want to wrap with? or? Um... Uh, not massively. I mean, of course, uh, we still have some games that have to be played uh, tonight on uh, Monday. Uh, it's a big, big month of January. The winter transfer is gonna, I think, uh, leave some of us really shocked at uh, what is still to take place. Um, mira, pues no sé, me siento optimista. I'm very optimistic with how uh, this this year has started. I hope uh, we can turn things around in Cambarsa and uh, give the teams ahead of us uh, a little bit of heat as uh, we uh, leapfrog our way back up to the league standings. Uh, you know, like I said, just one point away from Atletico, man. Que no estamos tan mal, coño. Who said that? If you know the answer to that, submit your answer in the comments section or tweet it to us. Um, we're not we're not doing that bad. Is is the translation? Sorry for those of you that don't uh, speak uh, the Spanish language. But uh, yeah, who would have thought, man? Who would have thought that we would have just been one point behind Atletico and uh, in fifth at this point? So things are looking a little brighter. I have to say, with well, uh, let, Torres in, yeah, let's see. It. Torres Torres kind of in. Torres kind of in for now. <laughs> but it. look, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> this football is going to change a million times before our next podcast. There will be so many things that will happen. We have a Super Cup Classico coming up. Is it next weekend? So that's what, yeah, it's, we it's, just it's have the one Copa del Rey days game in between. Yeah. Mm. So there's just, we, who knows? Who knows? Barca could melt. They could go on a massive run. Real Madrid could just forget about the Katafe game like a month from now and they're on this winning streak again with Vinicius back and all this stuff. So who knows? I, I don't know. But uh, I do know that it's been unpredictable and it's been fun. And uh, for everyone listening on Twitter Spaces, if you join late, this goes up on the Churros y Tacticas podcast feed. Just search Churros y Tacticas on your podcast app, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple, wherever. You can also We're everywhere. We're everywhere. You can also view the video version of this over on mm -hmm. YouTube. Just wait for the link over on the Twitter account at Churros Tacticas without the Y. It's also linked in our bios uh, on Twitter. What else? Um, well, I guess we'll do a better job of promoting these Twitter spaces in advance next time. This one was very impromptu, but yes. basically uh, the plan is to record our podcast live on the spaces as we are also just recording it so that people can listen to it live if they want to but if they if they they can't that they can also just listen to the podcast later so yeah diego it was a pleasure pleasure as always i hope this gave you some energy you know you were a little bit tired before that before we started here so i was a now. little yeah i do and you know what i'm even feeling 
better now to see that we have a new follower in Captain Coconut, whose okay. uh, profile, whose avatar, whose profile picture is uh, Carl Pilkington, uh, <laughs> personal hero of mine. So welcome to the family, Captain Coconut, and great choice of uh, avatar there. Happy you're following us. If, if I ask who that is, is that embarrassing? <laughs> oh, Carl Pilkington? Yeah. Uh, well, do you like Ricky Gervais? Do you like... Uh... Uh, I just looked him up. I recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Classic, classic. Well, welcome to the Coconut Dude. Um, and thank you, Diego. And we'll do... What, what, what we'll do, I think next time, we'll actually send out the Twitter space link in advance so people are ready to join in and uh, can follow along there. Follow us at Churros Tacticas without the Y on Twitter. And join us over on Patreon.com slash Churros y Tacticas, which is where Diego spills the beans and uh, gives us all the inside juicy info on La Porta Bartomeo. But don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that. It's only for your ears. And also, we re- and Diego also reveals his best churro recipe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, but then I have to kill you. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, Diego. We'll talk soon. Take care, buddy. Peace out. Ciao, ciao. So now I leave. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.